politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, scorned and forgotten taxpayers and all around patriotic Americans to the one and only Conservative Review podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for Wednesday, Veterans Day. And yes, this is the day that we thank our veterans for their service, for their sacrifice. We have well under 1% of the country uh, bearing the brunt of it nowadays, and so many people don't even know anyone in the military that really makes it particularly special, more than any other time in history where service was more universal. Now, I was thinking today, as I always mention on Veterans Day, Memorial Day, What's so sad is that we have people that are willing to die abroad for this country. Particularly whether we agree with it or not, and a lot of us disagree with it, the last couple of decades, we've used our military abroad to spread freedom. Yet what are they fighting for if we now have a country where domestically we have no freedom? We literally have no freedom. I mean like... North Korea-style tyranny going on, albeit in North Korea, you don't have to worry about getting beaten up by by punks because at least they have control over that. So we have the worst mix of South Africa and North Korea in this country. We are now less free than in China. So while everyone's squabbling over the election results, we will fight for self-defense. Now, the pending results of the election will no doubt cause a spike in gun sales and ammo sales. But if you're making a firearms purchase because you're worried, folks, you need a holster. And the most safe and reliable way to carry is with We The People holsters. Starting at just $40, We The People holsters are custom designed to fit your firearm perfectly. Made right here in the USA, right-handed, left-handed. Thousands of different options for almost every model. I got my... um, Canic TP9 with me, SF Elite, fits perfectly. So, folks, you're going to get ripped off on ammo sales, but one thing you won't get ripped off with is a quality American-made holster. Go to wethepeoplesholsters.com forward slash CR to get yours today. Every holster ships free, comes with a lifetime guarantee. If you offer, If you put an offer code CR, you get $10 off. Also makes a great gift for your friend as well. If it doesn't fit perfectly, if there's an issue, you can send it back for free. Again, wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Offer code CR. Now, speaking of self-defense, the forces of dark and evil feel emboldened now, and they're going full bore, pressing on the gas pedal that has never worked until now in stopping the spread of the virus. And they're doubling down on the same ideas. They have curfews. Curfews in all these places. Think about it. What in the world does it do to stop a virus if you have a curfew? What does that have to do with the time of night? It's not like you have crime and violence going on so you have a curfew. Because it happens at night. What, it's a nocturnal virus? Well, kind of like a ballot And a glitch that only seems to work one way. But this is what's going on, folks. 
We don't have freedoms. You know, they just announced in Baltimore City, just outside of where I live, that they're now going to have an outdoor mandate even when you're far apart from each other. Basically, they're going to use the cops to find you for not covering your humanity, for not covering your nose, your lungs, the way God made them function. Outdoors. Even when no one's around. You could not possibly conjure up a worse infringement upon the most basic sense of individual liberty than that. It has never occurred. King George did nothing to us compared to that. They're shutting down churches. They're shutting down businesses now. And then you say to yourself, all right, well, okay, I'm just going to move. Where? Utah, where Republicans have all statewide offices and super majorities in the state legislature? They have all these mandates, and they're now using the National Guard to contact trace, a.k.a. violate the Fourth Amendment, and monitor you for a virus that has already gotten 70 million people, and there's nothing to trace. I mean, it's just it's illogical. They've done all this stuff, and they turn around. I mean, again, to be clear, you can't violate civil liberties even if the stuff you're doing would work. But the fact that they've been doing it to some degree for months and they turn around, all right, now you have to wear masks uh, outdoors. But what do you mean? It spreads primarily indoors and you're telling me it didn't work. So what, you're telling me the primary driver of the spread is outdoors? No, no one's going to say that. So in fact, what you are telling me is that the the masks don't work, but we're still going to mandate it. And we're thinking like, where do we go? What do we do? But think about that juxtaposition for a moment. Our military, as we as we recognize their service today, our National Guard is being used not to defend Americans against foreign tyranny, but to impose domestic tyranny on the American citizen in a state like Utah. You tell me where we go. Look, this all gets back to Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge, we say every uh, year on Veterans Day, he actually gave this speech on Memorial Day at a time when they called it Decoration Day at Arlington National Cemetery, 1927, obviously in May. And he extolled the virtues of our military, their bravery, But then he said, the integrity of the union rests on the Constitution. Unless that great instrument is to be the supreme law of the land, we could have no union worthy of our consideration, meaning worthy of the sacrifice of our soldiers. In its original inception, it was the product of prayerful consideration by the best endowed minds that were ever turned to political deliberation, Although it was drafted in convention, it represented the mature thought of the country. Into it went the genius of Adams and Jefferson, of Franklin and Madison, of Hamilton and Washington. It has been expounded by Webster and other statesmen in the Congress and adjudicated by Marshall and other magistrates on the bench. With its three independent departments, the executive, the legislative, and judicial, it established a Republican form of government, incomparable 
in the guarantees of order and liberty with which it has endowed the American people. As a charter of freedom and self-government, it is unsurpassed by any political document which ever guided the destinies of a people. We have made our place in the world through the Union and the Constitution. We have flourished as a people because of our success in establishment in establishing self-government. But all of these results are predicated upon a law-abiding people. And he talks about crime and tyranny that would lead to tyranny. And now we have both, anarchy and tyranny. They could beat you up, burn your store down, but you can't defend it. And if you do, you'll be thrown in jail. Oh, but then again, you can't really open it because Corona fascism. I want to make something very clear as we talk about election fraud. What we have is something worse. It's governing fraud. Meaning there's one thing like I stole a ballot and I won an election. I wrongfully won an election. Okay. Then is if you rightfully win an election, but you steal a power and govern wrongly. You see, we don't live in North Korea. We don't live in other countries that have elections. Most countries nowadays do have elections. What stands out about America is that as Thomas Jefferson said in the notes in the state of Virginia, it is not an elective despotism that we fought to create. Just because you win an election, it doesn't mean you're king. It doesn't mean we are your subjects, that you could rule over us. It doesn't mean that you could just shout COVID, a noun, a verb, and a command in one sentence, and poof, you could do whatever you want, unlimited, no check and balance, no showing your work and evidentiary standards, no limitations, no time lapses. It doesn't work that way. You don't get to rape us. Literally violate our bodily integrity in the most intimate way. That you can never show your face in public, even outdoors. That means that you literally are saying you're taking away a right of a person to step outside their home and breathe free air. You could not even conjure up a grosser violation of the most basic definition of individual liberty. Property rights, right to self-defense. You can't take that away from us. Think about it in Baltimore, but this is true in many places. The criminals are running loose. Carjackings. We hear the helicopters all the time here. Where are you going to go? Okay, I'll carry a gun. No, you're not allowed to. They'll, they'll beat you up, the state. They'll throw you in jail if they find you doing that. Whereas if you carjack someone with a gun, as long as you're of the right ilk, then they'll, it's catch and release. And even if you can get a permit or if it's on your own property, well, depending on who you are and who they are, you'll be prosecuted for defending yourself. This is a dystopian view that our founders never saw in King George. And part of the reason they never saw it is because they nipped it in the bud. They knew. That was Patrick Henry's whole give me liberty or give me death speech. He knew that they couldn't wait until the British were even stronger. He's like, what, are we going to wait until they have troops in all our houses? Same thing, are we going to wait until they have cameras in our homes to see if we're wearing masks in our homes to rebel? It's got to be now. We got to fight back against this. 
We got to take this to the next level. And that's what we'll be talking about in the, in, in the ensuing days. But this is not what our soldiers fought for. You know, you win an election, maybe you could you could take foreign policy in a, in a certain direction. If you're a mayor or governor, you could do garbage collection the way you want. You could do zoning and certain things. Even if, you know, 49% of the people disagree and wanted to take it in a different direction, that, that's what elections are about. But what elections are not about is, I could shut down your church or synagogue. I could shut down your school. I could make your kids wear a mask. I could make you wear a mask on your face, always outdoors. I could track you. That's not okay. And the problem is we didn't nip it in the bud. I've been yelping for seven months about this. And now it's become normal. It's the new expectation. So that's the biggest fraud. We shouldn't have to sit there with butterflies in our stomach on election night. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? That's not how it works in a republic. But if you notice something very interesting, Steve Dace made this point on last Wednesday's show when I was on. If you've noticed, they've taken away every means for us to peacefully cope with even the tyranny they're meeting out. They're leaving us but one choice, if you know what I mean. Think about it. They violate our bodily integrity when they're in power. The same courts that are there to give redress to criminals and illegal aliens within hours of their petition tell us to talk to the hand and get lost. You can't move to Republican states because there are none. Now, we'll talk about Florida and one possible refuge, but you know that's the governor. The Republican legislature is, well, what they always are. We cannot even convince the public and debunk what they're doing and debate what they're doing because they're censoring it with big tech. And frankly, they are this close to censoring it with the police like they do in Australia. And that will be the next step. They censor and block any publication of exculpatory evidence to what they want to do. They have their mob run around and beat people up. And you don't have the right to self-defense. Oh, well, maybe I'll vote in an election. Well, yeah, with ballot harvesting and mail-ins. Where does that leave us? This is not what's supposed to happen in a constitutional republic. Where you are a defeated people and you are persecuted for it. That's not what happens. And they're rapidly giving us but one choice. You tell me where this heads. It's kind of cute how the media finally noticed what DeSantis was doing. So you'll see all these headlines from Fox and New York Post. And I think it all came from the Miami Herald. Because the Miami Herald, they're, they're so dumb, they finally realized what DeSantis was doing. So if you remember, DeSantis um, basically had a comprehensive proposal, proposed legislation. He's going to propose it in next year's legislative session. 
an anti-mob legislation to punish the mobsters, to reaffirm self-defense rights. So you have this like headline, DeSantis moves to allow people to shoot the looters. So a lot of people thought it was a new bill. It's actually not. It's the same one that I wrote about a month ago, but I guess they just caught on that that provision was in it. Kind of cute. Um, so the media is going nuts over it. His anti-rioting bill is actually two months ago he proposed it. So among his bill, he, he, he expands stand your ground laws to your business. To shoot the, the, the people that are going to attack you. There's a bunch of great provisions in it. It criminalizes those BLM riders who block traffic. Um, it would make a third degree felony to be a part of an assembly of seven or more people causing damage or injuring people or obstructing traffic. It would protect motorists from any liability in escaping that situation. It expands RICO and investigative uh, powers against those that organize and fund the rioters. Why don't we have every governor that's a Republican doing this? We have 24 states where Republicans control the trifecta like in Florida, often with very large majorities. And yet, they may as well be like San Francisco. Okay? So, like, we've always heard these excuses. Well, Republicans don't have this body. Well, they have all them, but the Democrats still have a filibuster-proof thing. Well, imagine if Republicans had 75-80% majorities in both houses in the presidency. Well, that's the equivalent of what they have in a state like Utah. Yet it's still liberal because the problem is the Republican Party. What I'm going to be pushing in the current, in, in, in ensuing days, that I think will kick off this revolution that we need, is the same way it started last time, which was with the legislatures, to try to form some sort of, sort of interstate compact. Joint resolutions of a declaration of principles and rights about our right to property, our right to liberty in an era of corona fascism. A bill of rights for college students. A, um, obviously, right to self-defense being reaffirmed. And if Biden does wind up sacking power in a coup d'etat with a stolen election... We will nullify everything he does at a state level. It's time to fight fire with fire. You know, typically I'm all for following the Constitution. And I would only push, you know, things that are lawful, which there are many. But you know what? Because a lot of things he's going to be doing are unlawful. But you know what? Even if the feds legitimately have the power, screw it. I'm, I'm just sick of playing by the rules while the other side doesn't on immigration. And you, and you pass it in the Florida legislature, but then you have other legislatures and you pressure them, kind of like the Convention of the States movement. But this, it's not a matter of it being binding, it's more of a political statement. And that's how we kind of do this self-sorting. Because right now we don't really have a place where we could escape this tyranny. And... Um, just speaking of Florida, just one other thing before we get to the voter fraud I wanted to talk about. 
that I thought was really important. And that is my friend Kyle Lamb. Uh, the governor's office hired Kyle Lamb to do some data analysis and research on just, you know, COVID trends and data, which he's just so good at. And this is just a very telling story I wanted you guys to be aware of. The Miami Herald published, you know, one of their libel pieces on him. DeSantis hired a conspiracy theorist. They basically say he denied that Sandy Hook took place. Kyle wasn't even online talking about politics. Then there's no such statement. They just, fabric- I mean, they, they literally make stuff up. Never even talked about it, never said anything. And then they start talking about some unqualified guy who's just an Uber driver, um, you know, and uh, basically trying to like insinuate, if you know what I mean, like construction worker, blue collar guy. Um, mind you, as a brilliant math mind, and he has put out, I mean, the stuff he has done with the flu data is is stuff that was ahead of CDC and the World Health Organization, which now admit that the flu has disappeared. See, that's part of this is this is really the core of the divide. They cannot understand how there are people that are laymen, laymen in the sense of not going through the established networks, but have, are doing extraordinary work. And likewise, there's people that have a resume yay long and they suck. They're more retarded than uh, whatever. I won't complete that sentence, but you know what I mean. It reminds me of um, one time I was uh, talking with Judge Ludig. You know, he was the retired Fourth Circuit judge. He was the runner up for Supreme Court for John Roberts, uh, for uh, George W. Bush, his tenure, when none other than Kavanaugh, by the way, when he worked for Bush, convinced Bush to pick Roberts. And by the way, there's there's a strong relationship there, just so you know. Um, if we wind up coming up a vote short in the Supreme Court in some of these election law cases, just know that fifth vote for the other side will be Kavanaugh. And Roberts is working on it. Everyone thinks that Barrett took away Roberts' power, but not really because Roberts now has Kavanaugh by proxy, as we all warned about. But of course, what do we know? And speaking of what do we know, so so Judge Ludig, we were talking, and somehow we, we were talking about law schools and everything. And he was like, yeah, where, where did you go again? And I said, well, you know, I said, I'm not a lawyer. I, I never even went to law school. And he looked at me, he was like, come on, you're Josh and me. Again, this is this is a guy who was runner-up for Supreme Court. He looked at me and said, how could it be that you never went to law school? He couldn't understand it. But that's the thing. Some of us just pay attention. Some have better minds. I have a little better legal mind. I don't have such a good math mind. Kyle has a great math mind. God has given people unique acumen, each person according to his ability, And you'd be surprised what people could learn about on their own. That is the divide we we are facing in all the Western democracies between us and the elites. They created this rigged system that this is how it has to be. And anything that doesn't work that way, well, it's not legitimate. While they're the ones who push illegitimacy through their institutions. That's how every institution has gotten rotten to the core. 
By the way, it's time we abolish the colleges. See, I really think rather than a, a, a bill of rights for college students, use coronavirus to just abolish them. That would be the best thing to do. Frankly, they're killing us electorally. They, they, they prop up and create all these college towns and turn over districts and counties. Shut them down. If they want to shut themselves down, don't, don't get in their way. Get lost. But I just wanted to share that story with you. So Kyle Lamb's under attack. And Ron's under attack for appointing a guy who is brilliant, but doesn't have the resume that they like. So because he's a dirty Uber driver, blue collar piece of you know what, he's not really human. Well, because none of us are, and that's why we have to wear masks. So you know what? Well, we could just lie about him too and just make stuff up. We're smart. You know, these right-wing conspiracy theorists. Yeah, yeah. Only only we can make up conspiracy theories. Again, this is the era we live in. And speaking of conspiracy theories and, and third world uh, elections, so you, I'm sure you guys saw late last night, Allegheny County Board of Elections votes to count more than 2,000 ballots without dates. <laughs> Love it. Allegheny County, that's where Pittsburgh is. This is the CBS local. One week after Election Day and election-related lawsuits are piling up in Pennsylvania, but so are the ballots. At around 3 p.m., there were roughly 27,000 outstanding ballots in Allegheny County. Um, and basically, they had 7,000 of them are under review, and they're slowly... And this is why they stopped counting, because if they continued, they would have to discount them, so they have to find ways to count them. So basically, they had a Board of Elections meeting in Allegheny County on Tuesday, about 2,349 ballots without dates, and then they're like, well, the ballots were otherwise proper, so we're going to count them. Well, there you go. If there's 2,300 like that, how much do you want to bet? that it's likely true that there's a lot more than that with similar things not filled out. I think we all know that, that Biden did not have enough validly filled out mail-in ballots, even without dumping and really concerted fraud, just naturally. That is his choice. If he wants to move an election to an unverifiable mail-in dynamic that's what you're going to suffer from but he's like no i don't want to suffer from it so we're gonna you know we're gonna fill it in you know i have an aunt who has cancer and she wasn't well enough to vote and didn't feel like filling one out she lives in pennsylvania we didn't pressure her that's how she kind of is but i know how she would want i know how she wanted to vote she would have voted for trump so maybe we should count that as well. There's a terrific article on this, just um, this point. From Revolver News, they did a great job on this. And they, start, and they gave some background to the different forms of fraud we're seeing. They write, during the 2019 coup against Bolivian incumbent Evo Morales, the vote count was stopped without explanation for four days, and then resumed, only to discover he was the narrow victor. Bolivians found this so obviously implausible that the army suggested he leave power. As you read this excerpt from the BBC, you'll have to remind yourself it's about Bolivia, not the US. 
with 83.8% of the votes verified. Its website showed Mr. Morales leading with 45.3%, leaving Mr. Mesa in second place with 38.2%. That result suggested there would be a runoff, prompting celebrations in the campaign camp of Mr. Mesa, who jubilantly declared we've made it to the second round. But then the website with a quick count stopped being updated for 24 hours, prompting electoral observers from the Organization of American States to express their concern. As counting was suspended, Mr. Morales told his supporters he was confident that when votes from rural areas were tallied, there would be no need for a runoff. When the quick count was finally updated on Monday evening, Mr. Morales had a lead of 10.12 percentage points, just wide enough to stave off the second round. Folks, this happens all the time. The Iranian elections of 2009 did the same thing. Same same games they played. And we see this. We saw this in Detroit. We saw this with, in, in Georgia. The companies uploaded something last night which is not normal and it caused a glitch said Marsha Ridley, election supervisor at Spalding County Board of Elections. The glitch prevented poll workers from using the poll books to program smart cards that the voters insert into the voting machines. Yeah, kind of like um, the pipe burst in Fulton County that only kicked out Republican observers. This is where we are. And then you also had just the crazy anomalies we've been talking about. So, basically, this is from this guy Shylock Holmes on Twitter. During the late night vote tabulations, which occurred in Milwaukee, Democrats wildly outperformed. Rather than Trump losing votes to both Democrats and third party candidates late at night. So think about it. Trump should lose. Remember, there were third-party candidates, and in those states, actually, there were a lot of them. So you would think he would lose ground equally to both. But the average difference in each dump between Trump and the third-party candidates compared to the election day counts averaged zero. In other words, Dems outperformed Trump and all third-party candidates, while Trump's performance with respect to the third-party candidate did not vary from election day to late dumps, which obviously shows you they were artificial. Meanwhile, this seemed to only hold true for races which were competitive, a.k.a. the presidential race, but did not seem to apply to various congressional races where the Dem candidate was going to win comfortably. Critically, the Dem overperformance seems to vary with the net significance of any particular vote at that time, meaning the more significant that office was, the more you had the variation. He notes the voter is a Democrat. So presumably, he's inclined to vote Democrat for both. We can compare within a given ward which of the two races showed bigger improvement for the Democrats in that particular ward after Tuesday night. And he created this scatter diagram and found, indeed, the increase in Democrats relative to Republicans is significantly higher when the Democrat is doing worse overall in early counting. Within each ward, late votes break more heavily to Democrat in exactly those races where they are likely to affect the result. So, like, the, the funny thing is is here um, is that you would expect, like, let's say, you know, you're down two to four points. And then suddenly you wind up, you know, 
winning election night with the late dump one point. And you want to tell me it happens to be that dump is heavily skewed towards the Democrat. And that's why it worked. Well, you know, if you went from minus three to plus one, a spread of four, you would expect the same Dems that were up in other places, you know, plus 15 to go to plus 19, right? And I mean, like, this is the stuff that's going to take a very long time to sift through. But um, they look at us like we're the, we're the crazy ones. We're the crazy ones. And again, everyone knows, not only does this happen in every election, but with the mail-ins, this is, this is not a bug. It's a feature. That is what mail-ins are all about. It's why you had mail-in fraud dating back to 1864. Someone pointed out to me, John Lott, already in August, when, when the Democrats were pushing this, wrote a paper, 141-page paper, with evidence. And the title is, Why Do Most Countries Ban Mail-In Ballots? Because they've seen massive vote fraud problems. 37 states have so far changed their mail-in voting procedures this year in response to the coronavirus. Despite frequent claims the president, that President Trump's warning about Vote fraud, vote buying with mail-in ballots is baseless or without evidence. There are numerous examples of vote fraud and vote buying with mail-in ballots in the United States and across the globe. There are fraud problems with mail-in absentee ballots, but the problems with universal mail-in ballots are much more significant. Still, most countries ban even absentee ballots for people living in their countries. A lot of people forget that. Most developed countries ban absentee ballots unless the citizen is living abroad or require photo IDs to obtain those ballots. Even higher percentages of European Union or other European countries ban absentee for in-country voters. In addition, some countries that allow voting by mail for citizens living in the country don't allow it for everyone. For example, Japan and Poland have limited mail-in voting to those who have special certificates verifying they are disabled. Right in our country, like, yeah, you know, anything goes. Shut up. Anything you do violates someone's right to vote. But, I mean, that's the thing. You, everyone understands you have to verify something like that. We verify everything in life. France has made an exception this year to the ban on absentee ballots to those who are sick at a particular, or at particular risk for the pandemic. But France banned absentee voting in, in 1975 because of massive fraud in Corsica where postal ballots were stolen or bought and votes And voters cast multiple votes. Mail-in ballots were used to cast the votes of dead people. And he has a whole 141-page paper providing the source material for where this has been done throughout the world. And they look at us like we're crazy. Oh, we're going to have an entire election built on mail-ins. And, you know, late at night when Trump's ahead, just in the places that we need... There's going to be a stop in the account for a couple hours, but just in the cities that we want within those states. And then suddenly the dumps are going to come in completely lopsided. Shut up. President-elect. You're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. I mean, this is what we saw with our eyes, and this is the system that they created through the front door. We know this. But we're told we're the crazy ones. And folks, this is the biggest thing. Like, why are they hiding things? I mean, this is what, if if we're just like 
the ones that are like dark conspiracy theorists and they're out in the open. Well, why, why are they hiding everything? Why are they kicking out inspectors? I mean, what, what would you possibly want? And by the way, I just want to deviate before we go through some of those stories with, with the election fraud that this is generally the dichotomy between us. We show our work. We come out in the open. I write long articles. I have a lot of words out. And we don't seek to, like, censor what they do. This cannot be published. No, we debate it. Have we ever said, any of us, have we ever said, this must come down? No, we say, this is stupid. This is silly. This is wrong. Here's why. That's the funny thing. And that's why they have to discredit people personally. Like, Kyle has put out brilliant work, and they're like, yeah, that's all. He's, he's an Uber driver. Well, you have people that have a lot of acronyms after their name, and they can't figure out that a guy with a penis is a, is a, is a man and not a woman. These are people that don't understand basic microbiology and physics. These are people who think that after seven months of a mask not stopping a virus, because as all the research has stated, especially the cloth masks actually make it worse, well, let's wear a mask. Flat Earth. But anyway, this is from One America's News Network. Michigan Attorney General Nessel threatens journalists over Detroit leaks. Michigan Attorney General... Dana Nessel has reportedly threatened a journalist for exposing voter fraud in her state. On Tuesday, reports found Nessel sent a cease and desist order to Shane Treo of Big League Politics over his reports called Detroit Leaks. She threatened criminal prosecution, demanding that he retract and take down his reports. Basically, you know, he was talking about um, the workers being told to backdate mail-in ballots. It's funny. Why can't they ever debate? I mean, shouldn't the Miami Herald have to take down the Kyle story after lying about Sandy Hook with him? It's truly, truly sickening. But again, these are the times we live in. Washington Examiner, Nevada whistleblower, describes Biden-ran vote factory and signed affidavit. A second sworn affidavit from a whistleblower who is an election worker in Clark County, Nevada, claims mail-in ballots were improperly filled out in a Biden-Harris van outside a polling place. A redacted copy of the affidavit signed on November 8th and obtained by the examiner puts weight behind some of the claims first detailed by Matt Schlapp, who is helping lead the charge for the president's legal efforts in Nevada. The whistleblower worked as a poll worker from October 17th to 30th, complained, about a Biden-Harris bus or van that was often stationed outside the polling place that would often have speakers, dancers, musics, music, and other festivals going on, and his organizers had to be told several times a day to stay 100 feet away from the polling location. He also said that voters without proper ID were per- permitted to cast provisional ballots. The biggest shock claim, though, dealt with improperly filled out ballots in the van belonging to supporters of presumptive President-elect Joe Biden, whom he saw while on a lunch break walk on October 28th. I personally witnessed two people handing multiple unopened mail in ballots and envelopes and two other to two other people who then opened and filled out the ballots against the side of the Biden-Harris van. The same two people 
who marked the ballots, then put the marked ballots in official pink and white envelopes. These people were not poll workers. By my final walking lap, there were five or six additional people who formed a human wall, which moved as I walked by, apparently in an attempt to block my view of the four people who were opening envelopes, making ballots, and placing those ballots in pink and white return envelopes. Shut up. Nothing to see here. No, we're not going to shut up. We're not going away. We're not going away. And by the way, I just want to mention, just to get back to the virus, do you know that it turns out, according to CDC, the positivity of flu cases for week 43 was 0.18? The five-year average, according to Phil Kirpin, he crunched the numbers for me, is 2.44%. Okay? So you know what that means. That means it's down like, what is that? Just back of the envelope here, it's about one-twelfth the rate of the average. Which means easily the flu is down by more than 90%. Kyle Lamb was the first one to chronicle that. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And on that note, just with the virus, just wanted to talk about one other thing. New York Times now has an article that a new type of test to detect immune T-cell response to the coronavirus may be a better indicator, a better indicator of prior infection than antibodies. I told you this was going to happen one day. As some studies recently suggested, suggested antibody levels drop not long after the acute infection resolves, that doesn't mean immunity also wanes, but it does mean that antibody tests may not be the best indicator of exposure. It's been increasingly obvious, meantime, that T-cells play an important role in COVID-19. And um, trillions of T-cells T present at birth each carry unique receptors on their surface in anticipation of all the pathogens we might encounter. And um, basically, they are now working on a new test to figure that out. Again, the folks at Rational Ground, like Kyle, Justin, all these guys, they were on to this before anyone else. Obviously, Dr. Andy Bostom, and he does have the, you know, Ivy League medical background, cardiovascular epidemiology. So he has that as well. It's dismissed. See, we live in a time of judging the judges where all the smart people are dumber than a, than, than a first grader, where they don't know math, they don't know science, they don't know bio biology, they don't know basic human rights, or do they? Perhaps they really do get what we get. But there's something more insidious going on. You see, folks, this was never about stopping a virus because they're doubling down on the things that didn't stop the virus by their own admission. This is about tyranny. The same way letting out hundreds of thousands of people from jail wasn't about stopping the spread. It was about dismantling law and order in America. 
the same way, mail-in ballots was never about protecting people from catching COVID. It was about institutionalizing fraud. We need a movement that is as tireless and as indefatigable in combating the tyranny as the tyrants are in promulgating it. The question is how? And that's what's very difficult given just the geography that we don't have, you know, states that are homogenous. We have the, all the populations are mixed in. It's very difficult. But this can be done. We need to start pushing a declaration of principles and rights to be adopted at local levels and start binding together. And that eventually will lead to what I think needs to happen, which is the two-state solution. But either way, we're not letting this go, not by a mile. Well, folks, we're just about out of time. Got to run, do some TV hits till tomorrow. God bless you all, and thank you for listening.